Good day, nerds. This is Megan McCarthy Bianc, your book reviewer and author interviewer over at the Nerd Cantina. Today's Cantina conversation, um, we are talking to Zach Bissonette, author of A Killing in Costumes, which releases August 9th. Um, this was a pretty cool conversation. I really enjoyed talking to Zach and learning about um, how, you know, his infatuation with the cozy murder mystery genre and how, you know, his own life experiences as a gay man have kind of leaked into and influ- influenced his story with his two main characters. And I really did love kind of the originality amongst the genre that there's so much out there. Um, but yeah, without further ado, here is Zach. We've got Zach Bissonette here. Uh, his new book coming out is called The Killing in Costumes. It's coming out on August 9th. Um, Zach, thank you so much for meeting with us today. Um, just finished it. I've actually read a lot of um, the cozy murder mystery books lately, but this one oh. was... Yeah, so I, I'm uh, they're they're working on me. They're like, you know, I'm warming up to them, I think, because um, it's hard for me to maybe... Uh, juxtapose like that lightheartedness with like murder <laughs> with like but it is like a, a lighthearted um almost like uh suspense crime fiction and uh murder mystery but i really enjoyed the unique spin on it um with your with your main characters i i really i really You're enjoyed Thank you. i yeah i really enjoyed that character development and the um you know their relationship i thought it was so cool so um you know i'm excited to take take some well, time to chat here. with you today I'm really, I'm really excited to be doing this this is uh, you, have, you have the best background of any, of any- <laughs> no no i appreciate it this is a years no not years i wouldn't say maybe almost a year of just getting my groove and figuring out you know, and what I want people to look at. So no, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> so before we get started, how about you give like a little, um, like a brief summary of uh, a killing in costumes so that, you know, listeners can follow along with the conversation. Yeah. So a killing in costumes is about two best friends, Jay and Cindy, who have, have an interesting history together. They were best friends in middle school. Then they were married and in their late teens and early 20s, they were married in real life and they played a married singing duo on a popular soap opera. Their careers and their marriage ended 20 years ago when they both realized they were gay and then they went their separate ways but stayed friends. And, and, and Cindy became a financial advisor and Jay played a piano in cocktail lounges. And now we pick up today. And it's been 20 years since their divorce. And they get back together just as friends to open Hooray for Hollywood, a Hollywood memorabilia store in Palm Springs. Business is slow to start as it usually is with an antiques business. And a Hail Mary arrives in the form of Yana Tosh, who is a 90-year-old former film star who is interested in selling a museum-quality collection of Hollywood memorabilia that she has assembled over the course of her lifetime. And Jay and Cindy are competing for the consignment with the vice president for a leading auction house when that vice president, shortly after a meeting with Jay and Cindy, is found dead in his hotel room and they are the main suspects. So the story is really Jay and Cindy trying to launch their business together, competing for this incredibly important consignment and trying not to get charged with murder in the process while also having this kind of really unique relationship that they have as a gay guy and his lesbian best friend who were at one time married. 
So <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the part that I I love because I've never come across it before in any of like the cozy murder mystery novels. A lot of it is like, you know, a lot of it is the the author's um, own experiences and kind of that feeds into or like where their background where that feeds into um the main character's life yeah. but never before have i like like it's both like the couple and their their background is so unique and i just i really enjoyed um you know it was definitely a change of pace and i just really enjoyed getting to know jay and cindy i, I like them a lot <laughs> I know it, it's, it's it's not it's not autobiographical right? I, my personal life is not that interesting but it is kind of loosely based on not in terms of, of anything that happened, but my best friend growing up did turn out to be a lesbian, although, you know, we were best friends in elementary school. And I don't think I ever would have thought of that. And, but, 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 but it's an interesting, it was an interesting dynamic for me because I, you know, I, I turned out to be gay. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that there is a connection of sort of otherness that, that you can have in that context where you both know that you're different, but you don't know why. And you sort of gravitate to each other and you have this understanding where she's a girl, you're a guy, you know, and then this is in middle school or, you know, and that kind of thing. And, um, and you know that it's not a romantic thing, but it's a little bit different from other friendships. And I, and I think that the relationship between, between a gay guy and a lesbian best friend is really kind of a special thing. And I know a lot of people have had similar. Yeah, I know. I agree. Just kind of, I felt like their relationship was really authentic and it wasn't being forced. And even the main characters um, are with their background, they're, um, they're both gay, lesbian. I feel like that's, you know, you, you portrayed it positively. You portrayed it naturally. You didn't like, it was just a part of who they were and a part of their background, but it wasn't like, you made them multidimensional where, you know, it's, it's like, it's, a, it's such a challenging thing. I think um, I, I just interviewed for, for a piece that I'm doing Jonathan Kellerman, who wrote, I don't know if you know the Alex Delaware novels, but they're, they're huge bestselling novels since I think 1983. And it's about a straight guy and his gay best friend. So, it's mm. a, and, you know, one of the things that he talked about was his goal for the character, the, the detective who's gay, his name is Milo. And he said he wanted him to be gay, but so what? Yeah, term he used where it's like you know being gay creates certain tension points. I think even still, especially in the nineteen eighties, um, so so that that creates certain conflicts and tensions which are are, are good. You want that in fiction, um, mm-hmm. but you don't want it to be this sort of overwhelming thing and and where it becomes sort of a too much about a sort of message that you're trying to have. You just you know so so it's a that that's the challenge. <laughs> Yeah. And so I thought like it was really interesting, like what? um, Well, first of all, we can like kind of hop a piggybacking off of that, like go into your background a little bit and maybe kind of what led you to to go for it and to develop the story and, you know, hopefully, you know, work on that long journey of trying to get it published. Yeah. You know, I've loved Cozy Mysteries since I was in college. It was always my it's funny that you were saying that you or kind of new to them, I guess. And, and that it's, Yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I just, there was something that I just found so warm and refreshing about them and unpretentious and the kind of leisurely pacing, which I get in some of them, it can, it can be a little slow. I, I understand that's always going to be yeah. the concern some people have. But, you know, the, the best, it's, it's they're books about people and about relationships. And then there's a puzzle in there that is 
that is ideally ideally well done. So I've always loved cozies. Writers like Miranda James, Jen McKinley, Ellen Byron, Kate Carlisle, who I just think are wonderful writers who could write anything, and, and, mm. they, and they and they've chosen to do this genre that provides this kind of special comfort to people. Yeah. And then, um, what what actually happened was in I, I want to say in November two thousand nineteen. I bought actually at a Hollywood memorabilia auction online, a portrait of Jessica Fletcher as Angel Lansbury as Jessica Fletcher that was actually painted for an episode of Murder, She Wrote. Oh, okay. And I bought this online and, and I hung it in my bedroom. And as soon as I got it home and hung it, I had this idea to write a cozy about a Hollywood memorabilia store. So, okay. so Jessica, Jessica Fletcher inspired me. And then of course, I've always loved the TV show too. So on, on a multitude of levels, Jessica Fletcher is the the inspiration for me uh, but, <laughs> but, but the genre in general I think is just you know one of the things that's I think I, someone it might have been Jen McKinley told me this these cozy writers which I certainly am not accomplished enough to have had, had this experience at all but you know they, they get these emails from people just explain to them that they were going through something really difficult in their life and that these books made them feel better even for just a little while and, and made mm. them laugh when they didn't want to laugh and made them feel good when they didn't want to feel good. And, you know, what could be more important than providing that to someone? You know what I mean? Um, it's kind of the coolest thing. If you think about fiction, it's like the coolest to me, at least yeah. I get there are people who, who want to sort of make you think or sort of change your worldview or something. I am not smart enough to do that, but I, no. <laughs> the, the, the idea of just being able to make someone feel a little bit better, um, is I think just the coolest thing they, to be able to do and the, and the way that, that these writers are able to do that with every book is just like endlessly inspiring to me. No, I, I love that. And that's so important too, I think to just, you know, and don't say that you're not that smart because writing a book is, is it, that creativity is difficult because I'm 10 years as a content writer, but it, that's like for marketing. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's not, that's for marketing. That's not for like writing a story. I don't think. Do you find I that could, to be good training for that though? I bet it is. I've never, I mean, I've never tried okay. to write. Oh, I have okay. a, I have a friend who like, that was her thing where she went because we both went to school for English, but she went to for like, she does the creative writing. She had like a bunch of short stories that yeah. she used to work on and she's a big reader too. And I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm fine with being a consumer <laughs> and not a, and not a creator. Awesome. Like, I, know, it's yeah. like, I mean, so many, I always thought there's so many of the great suspense novelists started out as ad writers. Mm-hmm. James Patterson, Stuart Woods, a lot of the sort of golden age detective guys you know, worked at ad agencies. So there's something too that, you know, if, if you're able to write copy that pulls someone through about a topic mm. that maybe they don't think is that interesting, but that's pretty cool. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, I never thought about it that way. That's, that's very true. You're still trying to, there's still cr- some creativity that that's required um, for sure. So no, that's, that's something. Yeah. I think I, I like the reading and then, seeing if I can recommend it to people and, and figuring out why, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, that's, I, that, that's awesome too. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, and then um, no, that, I think that's awesome that you, you know, cause it's so right. It's like part of it is like just drawing people in and then you're, I think it's really cool that you're, you just discovered like you wanted to give something to someone through your work. Um, 
and just provide a little bit. Cause you know, yeah. And like you go, cause hey, don't you have a published book that's more nonfiction? Yeah, I did. So out of college, I, I was a journalist. I worked at CNBC. I did personal finance books. I did a book on the rise and fall of the beanie baby craze. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, that, that was sort of mine. That, that's a very different, that is yes. not a happy story. That's a, no, Oh no. <laughs> um, no, well, we don't have to go into it if you didn't want no, it's to. Not, it's, just... it's, it's, it's like the opposite of a cozy, that book. It's, yeah, it's, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, I always think of like, the Beanie Baby craze is kind of a horrible story where like funny things happen along the way. And then I think a cozy of is like a happy story where horrible things happen along yeah, the way. Yeah, so, that's a good, yeah. <laughs> um, um, so then how did that like, how was that experience? Uh, how did this experience differ from that of, what you've what you know from your like your first published work it's so different i mean i mean so much of it like we were talking about with with you with 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 copywriting it's like the basic elements of trying to write things and structure things in a way that are both clear and that sort of hopefully pulls someone Mm -hmm. in through it and and i'm not claiming to be good at this by the way i'm not you know but i'm I'm just saying that the the skills are 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 in some ways the same like can you write things that, that pull people People through. I mean, I think the biggest difference between fiction and nonfiction is like the hardest thing about nonfiction is you can't make stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> and then the hardest thing about fiction is you have to make stuff up. So that that that's I guess the that's I guess the the difference is and it's it's so funny because it's you know the grass is always greener. It's like when you're writing nonfiction, you're thinking how hard it is because you have to keep finding all this information and you have to keep calling people back and getting details right, and you have to be very sort of obsessive compulsive about it because you want it to be right. You know, yeah. even if it's about a frivolous topic, you want it to be really accurate and kind of the definitive historical treatment on something, however however unimportant it is. Um, and then you know when when I was working on on the, on a killing in costumes, it's like, you know, you wish that there was just something to fall back on that you, I could just write what's true, but you can't, mm. it's not true. you have to keep making it. Up. So it was a, a bit more challenging. Cause well, it was, it was like, did you still kind of have to do a little research for, for this? Well, I, I think I read the author's note at the end yeah, exactly. Um, where, yeah. yeah, you had to like talk to an expert, which I thought yeah. was so cool. So yeah. how, how was it then? Like, how was your like research process? Like what, what, what was involved with that? I mean, it's so limited for, uh, you know, for writing a mystery. It's, you know, because with the mystery, I mean, I, I interviewed the, the head of a memorabilia department at a, yeah. at a very large auction house, which is so much fun. Um, to sort of understand the business a little bit more, um, I had, when I was in college, done some some PR marketing work for an auction house, so that helped. I, I know okay. the, I had written for Antique Trader, so I, I know a, a bit about the auction and antiques world in, in, in that sense. And then a lot of it, you know, you're just sort of Googling stuff as you go, (laughs) finding information on a, on an as needed basis. I mean, it's kind of funny. It's like, you know, you might write a character who's an expert on a topic and they say one line that is, but that one line is the only thing you know about that. (laughs) It's like, like I just needed him to say one expert thing, but you know, so you know that, but I, I don't, you know, I'm not really a film buff. I'm not, I liked the old movie thing because, you know, it was inspired by, you know, the Jessica Fletcher painting I had, and I wanted it to be a Hollywood memorabilia store, but I, you know, I am not a film buff. And so, which I think in a way helped because it, it helped me try to, I had to, you know, I'm not sort of naturally so interested in the topic. Like I know vastly less about old movies than Jay and Cindy. Okay. <laughs> and so, 
you know, my hope is that maybe that that kept me from bogging it down too much with trivia, I hope, because I, I wanted it to be sort of a, a general interest read where, okay, like it's cool if you're into Hollywood memorabilia, that's like an extra thing with this. But it, I, I didn't want it to be a book full of sort of references where you really have to care about old movies in order to do that. It's like, you know, like I'm more of a, I like jazz and, and sort of classic vocal pop. Like my favorite singer is Perry Como. And if I had written, if I had written about that, I think I would have been tempted to put too much extraneous detail. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you did balance it pretty well. It's, it's like, you know, their store is like a background character <laughs> in this story. Yeah, I mean, and, and I want to have yeah. interesting stuff about the props and, and some movies and that kind of thing. Because I feel like people do hopefully want that nonfiction handle. But I, I you know, I, I didn't want it to be too Wikipedia. So I, yeah. I, I don't know. I hope I struck that down. It's a no, it does. And it is tricky because, like, I, you know, I ask that question often if authors are writing about, you know, if the, one of the characters like has a background in the military or something and like they're an ex mercenary, for example. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so, you know, I, I don't get the, the impression that you, you know, are, are specialized in the armed forces. So I'll ask them, you know, like, what? Look, and then they kind of talk about that. They basically along the same lines of they don't want to get too technical, they don't want to get too clinical, they don't want to, you know, yeah. they want to just have enough there where they're not, where you know people aren't saying they don't know what they're talking about. So I think it's definitely, you know, I I didn't feel bombarded with the little movie uh, trivia stuff. I it was sprinkled in there and and you know along with the pacing. And so for me, I mean personally. Um, you know, I can't speak for all readers, but I felt like it was it was it it was kind of like a little reminders here and there, like, oh yeah, this okay. is what they well, do for a living. Fun. Like they <laughs> No, I mean one of the most fun parts of doing um research on this, I, I have I have a piece coming up that I wrote about this lady because it's so cool. Um, but I needed to know certain details about what poison to use for the movie. Mm. And I don't know anything about poison. And so an, another, a, a writer I know said to me, oh, you have to email the poison lady. And I'm like, <laughs> and she's like, well, and she's like, okay, like, here's the hotmail address. I don't really know much about her. Like her name's Lucy or something. Just email her and she'll tell you a poison to use. I'm like, well, that's kind of creepy. And then, um, so I emailed this hotmail address. And then like an hour later, I get back this long email with all these citations explaining what poison to use for what I need to use it for. And, and she just does this for it's so weird. So That's cool. so funny. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, and, then I, and then I ended up, I, I have a piece, I think, running next month about. about oh, cool. Because I, I, I wanted to kind of put together sort of who she was. And so I talked to people. I talked to her. I talked to writers who've used her for decades. It was, it was really a lot of fun. But so, the, you know, that, that research so much fun and people people are so helpful because I, I think people like to help writers and you know yeah and it's a little flattering too if you're coming to them you're like oh you see me as an expert like okay what do you need <laughs> like yeah i mean that, that yeah no i mean that, that's very that's a funny that's a very psychologically astute observation yeah. <laughs> i would always like you know when i was doing the beanie baby book like which was you know i had to talk to all these collectors all these people who'd worked for the guy in hundreds i mean it was an enormous amount of work and people would say to me, you know, why did these people talk to you? And it's like, well, because it's, you're asking them for something only they know. Like, that's kind of mm. fun. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's, and that's so true. Um, so, like, kind of hop it back to, you know, going into uh, the relationship. Like I said, it was, 
it, it was the most unique I've come across, but I liked them both. I liked them both separately and I liked them both together. <laughs> and oh, just like sure. some of my fit, you know, I, I couldn't help but Like every time Cindy tried to set Jay up with Simon, I just was like, it came out of nowhere. So kudos to that. Like, it's almost like comedy or it's almost like horror where you're kind of like you catch you catch them off guard. <laughs> so it's like she it seemed like she came out of nowhere and was like, you know, just as an, an embarrassing Jay. And it was I loved it. Um, but kind of like going off of that. So what was it like to like I just kind of want to explore and like pick your brain yeah. about like what what that process was about, like developing their relationship and developing them separately and developing them together. You know what what was like you know, the most difficult or fascinating aspects about like maybe biggest lessons learned of having to, you know, kind of dig into your background a little bit. Yeah. I know a lot lot more about gay guys than I know about lesbians, Um, (laughs) but but I love lesbians. I I like lesbians. (laughs) I think you're allowed to say that, but, um, but, you know, I think I wanted them to have really contrasting strengths and weaknesses. So like, I'll just tell you, like, in terms of like developing the characters, what was easy about it is they are both pretty directly based on two people who, who mm-hmm. um, Jay is based on, if you were a New York nightlife person, there's a guy in New York who hosts a show every Monday at Berlin and every Sunday at the Carlisle. This guy, Jim Caruso, who's like an MC and incredibly talented singer and host and, and comedy guy. And he's just brilliant and so funny. So Jay's based on him. Um, he used to tour Liza Minnelli. He worked on in TV. He's just a brilliant, charming, charismatic, funny guy, wonderful guy. And then Cindy's based on um, Susie Orman, actually, <laughs> the the personal finance expert who I just okay. Who I just think <laughs> um, so yeah. So that's so in terms of like their personalities, I um, borrowed liberally from those two people and and only those two people. It's, it's funny. I think. I think it was Mary Higgins Clark said that the hardest part of writing her second book was that she had run out of people she knew oh. <laughs> and things that, and funny things people she knew had said to just shamelessly lift for her book. And so that, that, that was easy because it, it saved me from having to be too creative because I did just really, yeah. <laughs> I would think about, you know, it, it's funny when my boyfriend was reading um, cause he didn't read it until, you know, I didn't, I sort of wanted to write the whole thing and then give it to him. And I didn't tell him about it. And then he's on the third, he was on the third page of it. And he's like, Oh, Jay is just Jim Caruso. So, like, that, that's, it's like, so, you know, when I, when I was writing it, it was like anything, you know, what would, how would Jay feel about this? Well, how would Jim Caruso feel about this? That's fun though. I mean, that's the fun of it. If you if you already have like a personality in mind and as part of cre- the creativity, it's like, well, what if, what if this person was doing this and, you know? Yeah. And I think it's, you know, if you know, really like, I thought it's the reason I, I liked the, I liked, you know, the research on the Beanie book too. Like I'm very interested in people who are at extremes who have like very singular interests and kind of unusual personalities. Mm. And, and I just, for whatever reason, I'm not one of those people particularly, but I, I um, but a lot of my friends are, and those are, and those are useful I, I, that sounds so psychopathic to call <laughs> but, uh, but but it, it is useful when you're thinking about characters because you know you can have at least in most of the books I like the characters are somewhat ramped up mm-hmm. um you know and, and unusual 
Well, books, I feel like, you know, I, I do like the character development and, and plots are important too, but it's, you know, if you have a boring character, it's really hard to keep the reader engaged. So there's got to be a little extreme. And that's one there. of the things that's really, I think, changed in the world of mysteries, even in the past 20 years, is it's become so character driven. Mm-hmm. The kind of, you know, the golden age puzzle where it's all about the brilliant sleuth and the clues and the red herrings. I tried to do that. And, and, but, <laughs> um, but I think a lot of people don't care about that as much. If you, if you have characters who people like and care about and worry about, that's, mm-hmm. that's what, I think that's what a lot of people care about now, much more so than the, than the kind of mystery elements. Yeah. I mean, you definitely like, yeah. And you hit it with these two. Cause I definitely, I, w- I was rooting for them. You know? right. <laughs> I was, you know, and they, you know, they're, they're sneaky and they're, I, for lack of better words, they're kind of naughty. They just like, don't, they're just going to do, they're like, well, let's just do this anyway. Yeah. Let's, let's do it anyway. Like, let's just, yeah, I, have but, an, I have an idea. We're probably shouldn't be doing this, but we let's do it. <laughs> I, I wanted them to be, you know, the kind of, um, the kind of people who would have become soap opera stars in their late teens, you know, that, which takes a combination of kind of exuberance um, and, and charisma, but also drive and, and, and work ethic. I, you know, so that, that was what I wanted to be was the, the, you know, not, not flighty, even though in some ways I think Jay is, is outwardly, but there's also a lot of determination. And, and, uh, oh yeah well i think it's because of his his strength is like with people and uh, yeah i mean that, a, that's a little harder to like gauge until he's in the moment yeah that, that that was my thought you know is that i think cindy's in my head is i tried you know she's really analytical very i think she's smarter than jay like <laughs> maybe a little bit yeah <laughs> if they were to take iq tests but you know, there's things he can do that she can't do. And I think that's why they, they need each other. Mm-hmm. No, and, yeah. and I also, it was important to me that they both really understand their own limitations and respect how much the other person can do that they can. Yeah. That's one thing I liked about it too, is Cindy, like she was, she was definitely in Jay's corner and she was just like, just some of the language you used where it was like, she, you know, she, no wonder, like she's a hardcore lesbian, but no wonder she, like she, well, he was the only man that she fell in love with oh. and like she still loves him but like obviously it's like a different love and that's yeah. like kind of the overall thing is like you know when you're you representation is really important i think having authors and not just like for same-sex relationships but yeah. also like you know people growing up in poor parts of a neighborhood or people just, yeah, yeah people who coming who are immigrants or people who are growing up as like second third generation or first generation things like that i think it's like it's really important when when it comes to that where it's like as cliche as it sounds it's it really is there's so many stories to tell and it's so much more authentic when you have the author's experience reflected and coming through the page and you know i i've spoken with other um uh, gay and, and lesbian and bisexual authors and talking to them about similar themes in their book. And it was just, you know, it's like, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just, it just, it's normalized and it's yeah. important to, to have that normalization shown and to be able to do it well. I think it, it, it's best for someone like you to do it well, because you know what you're talking about and you can relate. And then if other readers can relate, that's then, you know, then I think you've done your job really. No, I, I love to use the word normalize because 
I think one of the things that was important to me with them as characters was I wanted them to have um, certain ambivalence and maybe like, so it was important to me, even though like I'm not a religious person, I wanted them to be. And I, and I think that that I hope kind of shines through in that, that like they grew up I, fairly like fundamentalist Christian. And even though that created conflicts for them, they're still religious like they're still bad and their and their best friend is still bad and they don't you know they haven't abandoned that entirely they found a way to integrate yeah seemingly conflicting things into their into their lives in a way that works for them and and that that, that was important to me that they not be and, and they're actually both quite socially conservative not, not i don't mean politically conservative i mean i mean like in terms of like you know jay was with one person. Now he's heartbroken and doesn't want to be with anyone. Cindy's trying to get him to go on a date. She's widowed. Like they're not, yeah. um, you know, by the way, not that there's anything wrong with, with if they weren't <laughs> that I'm, I'm not, you know, but I want, sure, yeah. but they're quite, they're quite heteronormative, I think in some ways. I don't, I, I didn't want them to be cliches. I wanted them to be sort of weird and, and, yeah, yeah, it's just that's that's the word I keep going back to is multidimensional because you know it's it's just a part sure. of who they were and it kind of like I don't know if you know their their choice in entertaining their entertainment career or their talents I don't think that's me that and being homosexual is exclusive no you know no. it's like yeah it's just like that it was a part of the big picture that led them to where they are yeah you yeah. know and that's why no I I really liked them I liked I thought it was just kind of it was different and and it was making, it was done really well it's so nice to hear because i you know I, it is the book's not even out yet so i just haven't really talked to people who read it so you're really yeah, no. <laughs> very yeah i don't know i just something about it and like i, I could be their friend and i could chill oh. at their house with them with their dog and their cat what was yeah. it may west and and oh, who oh. else yeah <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. Um, so uh, moving on to like the writing process also, like what, um, so I like to ask this question because I, the answers are so, are usually very fun. Um, so what were like your favorite or most enjoyable parts to write and what were like the more difficult or more challenging parts to write? It's funny. My favorite parts to write are actually like plotting out the mystery elements. Mm. I like writing dialogue. Don't like writing descriptions are hard for me. Cause I, hmm. I, I would say descriptions that, that was always the notes. It's like, we need more setting and more reactions and more visual stuff. I, I tend to think in terms of dialogue. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, did you do anything to like prepare? Like, did you like, for example, did you read a, other books or maybe do any workshops into like how to learn no, to be more descriptive? Stuff. I probably should have, and it would be better. But um, no, I mean, I tried to read. I mean, I, I just read so many cozies. Like, I, I wish you could see this bookshelf here. But um, you know, so I've read, and I, you know, and and one thing I think is like to realize, you know, that that, that just everyone's style is different, and that there are lots of writers who write good books who aren't terribly descriptive. Mm. You know, so I need, you know, and I hopefully we'll, we'll get better at it. And, and that kind of thing, but it's, you know, it's probably never going to be a major, you know, people are, are probably never going to read my books for the sort of luscious descriptions of truth. No. <laughs> I, I just don't think that way, but, um, but 
<laughs> you just think that that's not gonna be something that they get out of it. Kind I'll of never be. <laughs> <laughs> no. You know, I like I like dialogue and, and plot. No, yeah, and you know what? So like for the longest I've heard like I don't even know since I was like in high school like for so long like oh sh- show don't tell, show don't yeah. tell. And I for the longest time I didn't I never really got it even though like I'm such a huge bookworm. I guess yeah. it's just like hard to kind of iterate like or describe what, you know, what I get out of it. Like I guess I like I know it's good if I if I think it, but yeah. I'm not you know, sometimes I can't tell you why, but like, and so as I got older and I'm like getting more into like this kind of stuff, the best explanation was like, don't tell us that something was delightful. Make the reader say, oh, that's delightful. Makes and sense. yeah. And I was like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> it's like, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Like, I totally get it now. I totally get it now. Yeah. No, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I just found that like fast. No, cause I think I'd be, you know. I don't know. I guess it's your like your first uh, nonfiction, so or your first fiction like crime mystery, you know. So it's like it, you're not gonna get it a hundred percent off the bat. But I, you know, I would say this is a very, it was a very good read. So don't yeah. worry about it. Right. <laughs> yeah, like you know, just use that as the next stepping stone for like another area for you to try to, um, you know, just improve some things. But honestly, I, don't I, I think that's the only way to think about it. It's like you know, when I look back, so I been writing for publications since I was in college. Mm-hmm. I wrote personal finance stuff. And, and I, you know, and I, and I look back at, you know, like my first book in 2010 and my second book in 2012. And I, I just, I can't read them. I just, you know, it's like, God, I was such a hack. And, you, you, know, <laughs> you know, but it's like, it would be concerning if that weren't my reaction. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, if, if you look back on stuff you write in college and think you were good. Oh, Yeah then you know so you you haven't grown or you yeah, haven't learned like yeah, what have you been doing this past 10 years that you didn't or you're just so narcissistic yeah you know, <laughs> so, so i i i try to be self-loathing and i try to hate everything i've ever written as soon as it comes out so no you know it's just like a cautious like constructive criticism you just gotta you still gotta have that confidence but it's like the like that has a little hesitation you just take that's, that that's, that's so funny that, that's well <laughs> <laughs> it's you know i i've done a lot of reflecting in my years and i'm just like that that's how well that's what keeps me going just be like you know what i did it and i got through it and i'll use it like i just i don't know um just a few more questions like before we wrap up here so oh real quick um the cover i don't know if you like using the word adorable to describe it but i really like it so oh, how i love that i was so <laughs> i was so excited when i saw it so excited when i saw it i just yeah how, I, how was like, that process for you did you have like a vision board or were no you know, not really i said you know i sent a few notes on, on on the store and and i said you know i was thinking like kind of a vintage travel poster type look mm. you know like those kind of mid-century posters that airlines had and that kind of thing I sent that and then they sent back a, a pencil sketch. I looked at it and it was like, I was so worried because I was like, I just, I couldn't visualize it. You know, I was, I'm looking mm. at the sketch and it's okay. And, and then I saw the final. It's like, oh my God, I love it. So it's really, <laughs> yeah. I know I, what I, it's, it's very, you know, it's very eye catching and it's, it's like, oh, there it is. There's their store. Like, I don't... <laughs> yeah. and is that their car? I'm going to look what's, is it's that so the, funny. that car is not in the book. That car. Yeah. Okay. Cause I was wondering, I think I kept yeah. like kind of waiting for it to pop yeah, up. No, it it was <laughs> the, um, the, yeah. The illustrator just put that car in. It's a, you know, it's a vintage car and yeah. it's really cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it definitely go, goes with I'll, the. I'll, uh, put, I'll put it in the second book for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? The um the Jurassic Park Jeep, was it? Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my thought is, and tell me if this is a good idea because you're, you're smart and really. Oh, thank but you. But my thought is that in every book, they will get a new movie car because they're a dealer. So they'll have sold the old one. So like Jurassic, and then the next book, it'll be something else. I. Uh, that would be really exciting because that would make so much sense for the two of them. I could right. see, I could see both of them kind of like being hesitant, but also both of them being for it. That was so, my thought. That yeah, was yeah, no, that would be really funny. I think. The Jurassic Park car was fun though because I, I would always kind of I liked the visual of like them getting out of you know walking <laughs> storming out to the car in a hop and but it's yeah. the Jurassic Park car. That, that was sort of that was sort of my idea was that. Like you the know. big sense of urgency or even, yeah, and like, to, to, you know, to be at, like, how do you take yourself seriously? Or when they're like, you know, showing up to an appointment unannounced. It's yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Um, so what advice would you give to Cindy? What advice would you give to Jay? <laughs> that's a great question I, I don't think cindy would be overly receptive <laughs> um i would probably tell cindy she should let herself be a little bit more spontaneous you know that not everything has to fit in a spreadsheet and that she can sort of trust her gut more and mm-hmm. uh, uh, what would i tell you know jay i would tell him to listen to cindy more and do the, <laughs> do the opposite i'd probably tell and this is what i like with the relationship like I would probably tell both of them to just listen to the other one more. Yeah. <laughs> I think they balance out each other's weaknesses. Yeah. I could see that. Oh, that's so funny. And then I could see Jay like kind of kind of being receptive, but then just end up doing his own thing or yeah. thinking his own thoughts anyway. Like, yeah, sure. Cause yeah, he, he I kind of like her. I don't know if you use the term like a little flighty. He is, but he's like, I don't know. He's he's a little bit he appears that way, but he's yeah. paying more attention than people realize i think I like that you say that. that that's how i think of him too yeah so uh what can readers look forward to uh in the future there's going to be more jay and cindy i don't know yet i don't really know okay. yet we'll see how the first one does yeah um and then we'll see i mean i don't you know i try not to think too long term um mm-hmm. I'm, really, I'm really excited to have killian costumes out but i you know, I don't know. I love. I would love to write more of them, but but only if people want me to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. I will. You got one person here. You're very like, <laughs> No, I did. I I really like would. I could. Uh. You know. It would be. It would be cute to and fun to revisit and see what what other you know mystery or whatever conundrum they find themselves in. Um, you know, next, but no, I mean, I also like the, the, the mystery part of it. I, I'll give you kudos. Cause I really like, sometimes I kind of like, I don't know the type of reader I am in which I, yeah. I guess I like being the type of reader I am. I don't always catch it yeah. right away. Like I don't, I'm not always on, onto a particular character right away, which yeah. is, I think is the point, but some, yeah. some people I, I, you know, I read other reviews to see what other people thought of it. And that's like, they're like, oh, it was so obvious or, or oh, I, I caught this person right away or whatever. Oh, or like yeah. I was onto it. But with Killing in Costumes, uh, people were like a lot. And I, I you know, don't whatever you have. If you have a rule of not to read your reviews, no worries. But oh, a I, lot I, of I, a lot I, of the I, same thing was, that I was reading was like they didn't catch on until Jay and Cindy were catching on, which. Good. Yeah. Which I would say whatever. Well, 
process you did or how, how to get in the zone or to get in the headspace. You know, you, you did, you did very well in, um, you. you know, like, cause I, I thought it was, you know, Edie, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name right. I yeah. thought it was, uh, what was it, Ben, they're her financial advisor. I thought it was Warren. I was like, something's going on. Two of them or one of them or all of them are in on it. And so it was like, it was really cool to, I was like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> to, yeah. you know, once I got towards the, um, you know, the the end yeah. of it where, yeah, yeah. And we, we do want to be like spoiler free, obviously. But yeah, once yeah. I was like figuring. No, it's, <laughs> it's such a balance because as someone who's read a ton of mysteries. Yeah. My it's this very hard thing where it's not good if the person figures it out, right? Mm-hmm. Like if the reader figures it out, that's not good. So you need this combination of where the person's first reaction is total shock when they find out who did it. And then their second reaction is how could I not have realized? Yeah. <laughs> and like that, like to me, the per- and I'm not saying I did this, but I'm saying that like, and by the way, most mysteries, in my opinion, even most very good mysteries don't quite achieve that. That is the uh, to me. That is the goal. Is I can't believe they did it. First reaction, second reaction. How did I not realize? That's, yeah, you know because because if it's totally out of left field and you never could have figured it out, that's not good either. You know, mm-hmm. um, absolutely. And it was also you know it's just the art of you know and not just weaving in clues and misleading readers, but it's also you know a little just like deceiving them a little bit. You know, like making sure because like once i thought back and i was like oh yeah that's right like it was sprinkled in there but of course you're not um is you know if you did it well where the reader myself as a reader i wasn't you know and a lot of other people too who so far have gotten early copies have have said they like they they didn't catch on to it until cindy and jay were starting to figure it out and so i think that was that was kudos to you very good job i think your 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 years of uh appreciating murder cozy murder mysteries of uh (laughs) Have, are reflected in that. So yeah, everyone's, I knew it would pay off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so uh, Zach Bissonnette, Killing in Costumes is coming out August 9th. Um, thank you so much. This was such a cool, enjoyable conversation. Like wow. I said, I, yeah, I really, I did like it. It was like a nice, um, refreshing shift to the genre. And I, I love what you did with it. And I, you know, I, I'm on myself. Say it again. I hope, I hope to see more Jay and Cindy in the future. I really liked them a lot. You're the best. Yeah. <laughs> um, are there any like social or website stuff that you want to plug real quick? The Zachbissonette.com, um, Twitter.com slash Zachbissonette if you care. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Thanks Zach. So much. Um, yep, I'll keep an eye out for you and you know, keep keep plugging away. Thanks so much. Take care. And there you go. That was Zach Bissonette talking about a killing in costumes, which comes out August 9th. You can check out the show notes for links to follow Zach on social media and uh, a link to purchase the book. Um, as always, you know, rate, review, subscribe, go ahead and read my book review on the nerdcantina.com. Check out any other reviews if you're looking for your next book to read. Thanks for listening.